this guy, all he said was, please pray for me. I'm really struggling right now. I need God to intervene. And so I'm just kind of spoke his name. I'm like, God, I don't know who this guy is. I know you know him. I know you know what he's going through. I pray that you cover him with peace, asking the Holy Spirit to come in. Instead of trying to blast off prayers, just ask the Holy Spirit, let him come and and tell you what you need to pray for. You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast, part of the New Release Today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me again this week. A few weeks back, my friend Janet Bozeman emailed me and suggested that I interview Michael Feagan because he had a new album coming out. I knew who Michael was from the credits on the Christian Music Archive website, but I didn't realize that he had a new album. And when Janet told me that the title of Michael's album was Someone Prayed, well, I was even more interested. If you're a regular listener, you know that prayer is a big deal to me. In fact, I publish a weekly prayer email to help us pray for the people who make music every week. I have seen the power of prayer in my own life, and artists comment about the power of prayer in the work that they do, so I'm excited to hear from Michael about the new project and how his life has been impacted by prayer. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to take a couple of minutes to tell you about another great program run by Mercy, Inc. Bridge to Reading is a program run in 12 Central African countries, as well as the country of Colombia in South America. This program teaches adults how to read and write in their own language, which has a number of benefits. Just think what advantages come economically to people who can read and write business transactions. And in many of these countries, women are marginalized after they pass through their childbearing years, so being able to read and write offers them dignity in the home. Or my favorite story is of pastors who are teaching the gospel but can't read it so they have their children read the Bible to them. Just think what it would be like for these pastors to be able to read God's Word on their own. If you want to find out more about the work Mercy Inc. is doing through Bridge to Reading, head over to christianmusicarchive.com mercy. There, you can read about our partnership with Mercy Inc., as well as see how you can get involved and further the work of teaching adults how to read around the world. That's christianmusicarchive.com slash mercy. And thanks for your willingness to help. If you're a fan of the band White Cross, my guest today needs no introduction. Michael Feagan's high-profile career began when he joined the metal band White Cross, and he was eventually ranked as one of the top 10 drummers in Christian music, which ended up resulting in him playing for a lot of different artists. But now he's stepping out from behind the drum kit and stepping up to the microphone with a solo project called Someone Prayed. So without further ado, join me in welcoming to the podcast, Michael Feagan. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Yeah, it's good to have you, Michael. Well, you've got a brand new album that just released the middle of October. Um, is this your first solo project? This is um, yes and no, because uh, about a year and a half ago, when I kind of first embarked on this thing and had a, a five song EP and then um, had the opportunity to, to do some more songs with a, a different producer and just really beef up the production with um, Chris Lord Allergy, who was like, oh, a, yeah, dude. yeah. So I was, gosh, man, so excited <laughs> about that. So is this still an independent project or did you get signed with somebody or how did that work? No, in independent. Okay. I was with um, a company called Label Logic and their uh, distribution is with InGrooves. So to hook up with with Lord Tom Algae, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal for an indie. Although I think he does a lot of indie stuff, doesn't he? He does. He does. But I mean, the only way I, besides God opening that door, it was um, Matt Bissonette produced it. Matt Bissonette and his brother, they're huge in the music industry and they're okay. really good good guys love jesus and and they're in the the mainstream matt's playing with elton john right now playing bass for him wow yeah and his brother greg who i've grown up have all his drum tapes and everything he's with ringo Starr right now that's a pretty good company to run with (laughs) i know oh believe me i was i always say like i was in that room just kind of going what in the world am i doing here (laughs) yeah yeah well for those who um who don't know who you are i first got exposed to you as a drummer for white cross yes and so you've been with you were uh, you've played on almost all of their albums haven't you well i joined white cross in 91 okay for the in in the kingdom tour and was with them up until i think the last last thing i did with them was uh equilibrium okay and and then the band kind of you know it was uh Scott had got, he kind of continued on, but I was going in a different direction and got back together around 2007. And we uh, re-recorded the first album. And so now you've kind of just been playing, you know, here and there. Anytime a gig opens up kind of a thing. Yeah, anytime a gig opens up. <laughs> well, and then uh, as I was getting to learn a little bit more about you, I, I read that you uh, drummed a little bit with Oz Fox of Striper. That was, uh, uh, it wasn't on a uh, recorded project. Right. But it was, uh, we had gotten together with uh, dr- another dream come true. I was a huge Striper fan. That's what really got me into. Sure. To wanting to follow this direction of Christian, you know, music and uh and so it was me and oz and uh les carlson from blood good sure. and then uh two two guys travis mcconnell and Log- uh, logan ellis from chaotic resemblance okay and so the the project was going to be we go out and we play blood good songs white cross songs chaotic resemblance songs so it was really exciting yeah and we went to, I met them in, in Las Vegas and we had a rehearsal and did some photos. And then uh, Oz was just, he was having a, a tough time with, you know, his health. Right. Yeah. And so that kind of put a stop to all of that. But still, that's a dream yeah. team to be working with again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I read. You're drumming for BJ Thomas and that's like the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> How long did you work with BJ? 
I be that was actually just a one off. Oh, okay. I was um I was living in Dallas and a uh, worship leader I was playing for um he called me up and he said uh that BJ was coming in to uh do a an event in our area and he was needing a band. And so I was like, wow, are you kidding me to play with BJ Thomas? <laughs> yeah. He was, he was so cool though. I mean, I was back we were backstage just talking through the songs and you know we were just talking about his career and super humble guy. Yeah. 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 Bummer that we lost him this year. That's a bummer. I know. I yeah. know. Well, you you kind of touched on it a little bit. I always like to find out how people really got interested in the whole music thing. And you touched on, you know, Striper was kind of that. Oh, that, that's what I want to do. Uh, talk a little, oh, yeah. talk a little bit about your musical upbringing uh, and how you decided to be a drummer. And of course, you're doing other stuff too besides just drumming. But uh, where did music that music bug bite you? <laughs> oh that, man, that's a really great question, and it was very. Uh... I mean, I, I can almost just see it that moment when there was like a shift. Okay. But I, I mean, I grew up and my dad was in the air force. So we traveled all over the place. Sure. And I remember my dad and mom were, they weren't musicians, but they loved music. Okay. Always had music going. And I remember uh, my dad had the reel to reels and I'd be sitting on the shag carpet and, and he had like kiss alive and Rod ah, Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this, this is pretty cool. And I, I think that's when something like, you know, it was just like the bug was starting to bite me there. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I started uh, pursuing drums and, and um, my family was Catholic. We grew up Catholic and I always knew God. Okay. But, but it, it was more of like a, it, just, it wasn't a personal relationship until mm. about, I, was, I think we were in Germany and I was 18 years old. And, and that's when I really was like, I made a commitment through okay. a friend that, you know, he was asking me some questions. And yeah. So I really made a commitment and then started trying to check out some of the Christian music, you know, but I was listening to like Van Halen, yeah. Scorpions. And so when Christian friends would like bring me stuff like sweet comfort band, I'm like, yeah. sorry, but that just, that doesn't compare to Van Halen. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So then somebody brought you a striper tape and you just went, ah, there it is. Oh my goodness. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I get it. And I remember being, uh, it was in San Diego and I was at a Seven Eleven. and I don't, do you remember the artist Danzig? Yeah, sure. He, I remember I, I would always go and I'd look at the, the metal edge magazine to see, mm -hmm. you know, strippers doing. And, and I remember seeing Danzig was in like a full page ad. And it was, it was awful. He was like hanging on a cross and it was just very blasphemous. Yeah. And I remember, I just remember at that point, something shifted in me. And I was like, I want to use my music in God's army. Mm. I want to like, I want to do what Striper is doing. Yeah. And something just, man, just switched in me. Yeah. And from then on, I was like, then I was just on this course. Yeah. Well, I can imagine you're you're growing up in your home and mom and dad are both musical. Uh, when you decided that drums was the instrument of choice, was that something that mom and dad said, yeah, go for it? It's like, oh, no, what have we started? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, no, what did we start? <laughs> my, my dad would always say, 
I wish you would have learned the sax. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you didn't because now you've gone on to do some amazing things. And we're going to talk about a, a solo project that you, you have coming out. But I'd love to delve a little bit more into, you talked about being raised Catholic and you talked about this friend of yours that started kind of bugging you and, and saying, hey, what was that journey like for you when all of a sudden you realized, hey, Jesus is somebody for me personally, somebody yeah. that I can have a relationship with. I'd love to hear that story. Oh, yeah. I, um, I was in a gym and this guy, his name was Dan Bodner. I mean, this was like 30 years ago. And I remember he I was, I think I was tapping on some of the equipment waiting, mm. you know, mm -hmm. to get on another, you know, piece of equipment. And, and he just came over and, Oh, are you a musician? Yeah. You know, and he was the one that said, have you ever heard of Striper? And so he was like, Oh, you got to hear these guys. And, you know, then he started saying, so, you know, are you a Christian? I said, well, I'm Catholic. Yeah. Oh, okay. So well, can I ask you a question? I mean, he just went right into wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So if you, if you die tonight, Michael, do you think you'd go to heaven? And I said, well, I hope so. I go to church every day. He goes, you need to know so. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? And so then he was like, you know, hey, well, let me tell you. And so he started telling me about Romans 10. He goes, you need to believe in your heart that Jesus died for us and God rose him from the dead. It says yeah. right here, you will be saved. This is a personal relationship. And it was so bizarre for me, you know, coming from Catholicism and, but I was like, man, I said, okay. I said, so you're saying, I just say this prayer and I'm saved. God just, and he goes, absolutely. And so he just led me in that prayer. And I remember like walking home and it was like, I was walking on air. Wow. It was so bizarre, you know? And of course, then I had to go through all the discussions with my dad that didn't go so well <laughs> right well what was it about that experience of this this friend and had you been friends for a while no so he just saw you drumming and came up to you as a complete stranger uh, yeah so what was it about that 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 clicked in you that said oh there's more yeah i i think i mean honestly when he asked that question like you know do you think you'd go to heaven and, and i thought well i hope so he goes yeah Michael, you got to know so. And this is how you're saved. And I kind of was like, oh my goodness, I, ha I have to do this. Yeah. You know, and you know what's really cool is that later on when I got into White Cross, so this would be probably about seven years later. Okay. I'm in White Cross and we're playing, I think it was Creation Festival. And one of the, the crew came up and said, hey, there's a there's a guy outside the fence and he, he wants to talk to you. He said his name is Dan Bodner. I was like, what? And so that was so bizarre, man. He was so excited. You know, he's like, look what God has done. For me. That's so cool. So, he, so for me, that's an encouragement as, as we share our faith with people and then realize we don't know what's going to happen, but to be able to have for yeah. Dan to have this full circle, like you said, and to see that, that that's very cool. That's a fun yeah. story. That's a fun yeah. story. Well, you, um, as I've read it, you have started an organization, I think, right, called Someone Prayed? Yeah, we, me and my wife, I mean, that's our, our dream, our goal, to have this ministry. Yeah. And my wife always said, you know, everyone, when this song got written uh, about a year ago, and, it, and she's like, gosh, you know, everybody has a Someone Prayed story. Mm. She goes, you don't, and it's not just for believers, it's everybody. 
because everyone has someone that was or is praying for them or that you're the person praying for that person. And so we just were like, wow, you know, and, and we just want to take this, this solo project and, and minister to churches. And, and I think just kind of letting people realize that, like the power of prayer. Yeah. And I mean, like this morning, three people just came across my Facebook feed. I have no clue who they are, but just, you know, people saying, man, I'm, I'm in the hospital. Please pray for me. And I'm like, gosh, God, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah. You do. And praying. So I'm just thinking how many people have, have prayed for me that I don't even know. Yeah. You know, and so. So obviously prayer is important to you. And, and I happen to know a little bit, your wife had some health issues. Was that kind of where you started to really see the power of prayer and to, to realize how important it was? Or talk a little bit about why why is prayer so so much that you're dedicating a song and an album and a, and a, and a movement to this, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Because we had, when we were going through this, this time, our um, pastor and good close friends from church, they started a zoom prayer team and would meet with us every day. And it was for about 10 weeks straight and would just pray with us and encourage us. And, I just think, my goodness, if we didn't have that, would we have gotten through that that time? Because you know, it got dark. Yeah. And so, do you want to? Are you comfortable talking about what that dark period with Christy was? She's kind of private, but it was very. I can say that she was. It got to the point there where she was in a wheelchair. You know, she um, couldn't do anything. Yeah. It was so scary, you know, and and I mean, one of the songs I wrote, "Joy of Life." kind of talked about that where you know sometimes it's it's harder to pray you know and yeah and that's when you know people are standing in the gap for you and and praise god for his mercy i'm finding it hard to be in the present to be in the now to enjoy the beauty around me and not to feel lost somehow it feels so hard to trust and be so out of reach did I not keep close when you gave everything to me? There's a light that shines on through Even in the darkest day And a voice that calls to you Don't turn away Jesus, give me the faith That will move every mountain And teach me to trust you always Father, teach me your ways that That you know my name And my eyes fill with tears Cause you truly love me You see my past my flaws Carry me through deck the halls You take my fear away And you give me something new Through the thunder and the noise And the crashing seas and voids Still my voice still speaks today Don't turn away Trust you always, Father. Teach me your ways. That 
in my mother's womb But you know my name And you know my name Jesus, give me the faith That will move every mountain And teach me to trust you Definitely, you know, just don't know how we would have got through that without that Zoom prayer team. Yeah. Well, we're a big believer of prayer ourselves, and we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end because we uh, always ask for prayer requests from the people that we interview because we believe that people who uh, we don't need to know personally the people, but God, for some reason, even though He's all powerful and knows all, still asks us to come and bring our petitions and our requests to him. That's right. And so I don't understand why. I don't get it. If you already know, why do I have to ask for it, you know? But that's right. important. So so talk a little bit about some of the other maybe experiences where you've seen prayer be power, a powerful tool that makes it something that you believe so so passionately in. I mean, oh my gosh, there's like there's so many. I'm... It's like asking which song is your favorite song, right? <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, like um our our daughter, me and my wife adopted our our daughter Tatiana mm. from Russia when she was eight years old. Okay, and and that was challenging, you know, very challenging. And I mean, without having God in our life, and just you know, when things kind of get kind of crazy, and just to be able to go to God and just be like, Lord, I'm, and this is hard, and. And finding scriptures to like, and using our words, um, you know, to speak over the situation and, and just having that relationship with God. I, I know there's always a tendency probably with my Catholic upbringing to want to recite, you know, let me just read mm. this scripture right here, as opposed to just being real and, you know, coming to God talking to him like i'm talking with you and yeah but that and you know with all the stuff happening today with this whole covid stuff i mean the fact that we can have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe and that he wants to be talking with us and interacting with us amazing it's just amazing yeah well i was looking at your someone prayed website and, and was noticing you had a lot of different people who have been posting little hey here's what happened when god prayed for me and here's here's the importance of prayer and i think it's such a good reminder you know i often struggle with well how do i pray like you said for these people that came across your facebook feed today how do you pray for that so what would you say to somebody who's in that boat saying i know of this situation but i don't know how to pray exactly oh i did that this morning this guy uh, all he said was hey guys please pray for me i'm really struggling right now i need god to really intervene and so I'm just kind of spoke his name. I'm like, God, I don't know who this guy is. I know you know him. I know you know what he's going through. And so I just, I pray that you cover him with peace. Um, if, it, is it, if it's physical healing, if it's mental healing, if it's financial healing. And I'm trying to get better. Um, my wife's really good at this, just asking the Holy Spirit to come in. Mm -hmm. And she's like, instead of trying to blast off, prayers, just ask the Holy Spirit, let mm. him come and, and tell you what you need to pray for. Give you that softness of the heart of kind of sensing where 
where the need is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got this new album coming out called Someone, is it called Someone Prayed? That's the title yeah. of it, yeah. And yeah. you said you've got the Joy of Life song on there, which is about the way that prayer has has impacted you and your wife and your family. Uh, talk about some of the other songs that are on this project, and, and maybe even, because if people are expecting a White Cross album, this isn't going to be a White Cross album, right? <laughs> it's a little different feel and sound. So talk a little bit about the album and the impetus behind it, the musical yeah. style and stuff. Sure. I, you know, I, I grew up, some of my favorite vocalists would be Rod Stewart, Brian mm-hmm. Adams, Joe Cocker, um, and then when I got more into to Christian music, I, I really thought Glenn Kaiser just oh, yeah. like, wow, what what a soulful gift God gave that man. And uh, so that that style is something I've always really enjoyed, that kind of melodic rock. So that, that's more the, the, the genre for the album, because I did have some people go, wow, this is, I thought this was going to be like White Cross. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're not pigeonholed in the style you've always done in the past, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, and when I had Matt Bissonette come in, he is just a writing machine. Mm. I just was so amazed with this guy. I mean, I would send him over ideas. You know, when I sent him the lyrics for Joy of Life and they were kind of dark. Mm. kind of just being open about what you know what was happening and and the difficulty and and when he he like said do you mind if i try and and write a a chorus to this and i was like okay and it came back and it was so happy he's like i know you went through this time but look where you're at now so we gotta turn it back to where god delivered i was like oh wow so this song turned into a really happy song (laughs) so i'm i'm really excited about that and um on uh before time began that's about tatiana my my daughter uh-huh. and this this one's really cool because i had these lyrics and i i sent them to matt and and matt loves his his boys okay. and, and one of his boys is in i think pennsylvania playing on a minor league the pirates and so he's he just loves his son oh my goodness and so I, I sent him these lyrics I had about my daughter Tatiana, and I said, "Matt, what if you wrote the lyrics on the second verse about your son?" Mm. He goes, "Hmm, okay." And so we got that. And then the last verse is about how we're all God's adopted children. Princess, far away in a castle by the sea, you knew she was the one before time began. She's staring back at, she's staring back 
Oh, it was so cool how it just went from one to the other and, and musically just that, man, it just came out so good. Well, so so talk a little bit. You you wrote some of the songs. You drummed on it, obviously. You sang. Did you do did you do other stuff on the album too? Well, I actually didn't drum on this oh. CD, and oh, okay. and the reason, yeah, the the first one I did, and it was funny because when I was, me and Matt were talking in the beginning stages of this, and and he called me up one day and he said, "Hey, you got? I have a, a question." And I was like, "Yeah," and he said, "So, are you planning on playing drums on this?" And I said. I said, sure, I, I can do that. Yeah. He goes, well, would you mind if kind of pitch something to you? I was like, yeah. He's like, I think you should really concentrate on the vocals. So we really have this come out good. I said, okay. And he goes, and I can get my brother Greg to play on it. I was like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I Greg was one of my drumming heroes. I said, Greg would play on this? He goes, oh, yeah, he's my brother. <laughs> he'll do anything i ask him to <laughs> yeah and so I'm, I'm actually really glad because we had um two days in los angeles at this uh really nice studio and it, i mean i had one i had like i think like about four to five hours okay to record vocals and i'm like man if i would have had to have done the track the drums on it it would have just gotten yeah. too crazy so the drums take a little bit more setup than a vocal mic does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Michael, you have had a lot of experiences in all kinds of different areas, musically and through you know some of the prayer stuff and the journey you've had with the Lord. As you look back over your life, uh, is, there a, is there, and I always ask my guests this, is there a pinch me moment where you go, oh my goodness, I can't believe God let me do fill in the blank. It could be musically, personally, career-wise, whatever. What What is one of those moments where you look back and go, wow, God, you're amazing. How did you arrange that? The one that really comes to my mind, I, I was in White Cross. Um, this would have been, I, I was probably with the band for about two years at this time. And they said, we've got a, a concert in, in Rio. And I was like, wow, we're going to Brazil. That's yeah. cool. And so, well, I'm sorry, let me, let me back up a little bit. Right before I got in White Cross, I was working at this trucking company. It was it was an awful job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was probably one of the worst experiences. I mean, just terrible got people I worked with, and it was just so unpleasant. And I remember like sweeping the dock one day, and I was looking off the dock and and just imagining one day this would be a stage, and I'd be like singing or playing to people and. And so we're in in Brazil, and I didn't realize we were going to be playing in a soccer stadium. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Because we were playing shows stateside. And, you know, there was, I think it was like maybe five, seven hundred. Yeah. We get, and so we get there, and I was talking to the promoter, and I said, "How many people are here tonight?" And he said, "There's about sixty thousand." And I said, "Whoa, oh my goodness!" And it was, um, we were. It was White Cross and Bride were okay. kind of the headliners, and they had Brazilian bands playing throughout the day. And so the promoter says, "Here, come with me." And he took me up to the back um, behind the stage, and and we were just looking out over this sea of people. Yeah. And I all of a sudden I was back at that trucking company, uh... remembering, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "God, you are something else." I mean, it was just a pinch me moment for sure. <laughs> 
So we're we're recording this a, a couple of days before your album comes out. I think this this episode is going to release the end of the month. Oh, awesome. what's the what's the future hold for Michael and the album, and what's kind of the next steps in this solo venture? Oh my goodness, Dan! <laughs> <laughs> that's where I need that's where I need prayer to just keep my eyes on Jesus because it it does. I, I can, I mean, just being honest and transparent, I mean, I, I can let the enemy kind of get my eyes off Jesus. You know, you, oh, why is this happening? What am I going to do about this? Da, mm-hmm. da, da, da. And, and I just got to remember, Lord, you know, God, if you've called me to do this, yeah, then you're going to provide. You're going to make a way, even if it's seeming, you know, like things are not going the way I thought they would go or I'd like them to go. If, if you're driving this ship, I just got to, trust you and but i mean obviously i would love to to be out performing and ministering and um and to keep writing more songs and just that whole creative process now did i read that you are helping lead worship in a church too right i i play on on the praise team yep so i'm singing there and playing and a lot of people are doing that during the lockdown and during the pandemic side of things. And so I'm just hoping that we don't lose all of our good musicians to praise teams on Sunday. So we don't have good concerts to go to. (laughs) 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 I know. It's so funny you say that because I did, I talked to another friend and, and he was saying that he's like, thank God for my church. I wouldn't even be playing anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So did this, was this project kind of a, I'm, lo- I'm in lockdown right now, and there's nothing to do. So, I, or was there kind of boiling up before that? Oh my God, this, Dave! This came out of left field, like nothing ever. I mean, goodness gracious! I, I mean, I, if I had talked to you a year and a half ago, yeah, and someone said you'd be talk, I'd be talking with you about a solo project, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I mean, because I was just all about trying to find the right gig and trying to get white cloths booked. And yeah, it was a, a mentor from my, my church, really good friend. And, and I, I sing at my church all the time. And he said, you need to do a solo project. And I thought, Oh, that's really nice of you. I really appreciate that. And he goes, no, I'm serious. You need to do this. He goes, I don't know anything about the music business, but it, go do this and I'll back you. And I'm like, wow. Oh. And I honestly didn't know even how to begin. And I kind of, you know, I just procrastinated. I was like, I had too much, you know, I was teaching, I was playing locally. And I just thought there's no way I could make time for this. And then COVID hit and my slate was clear. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, God, okay, okay. And so I just jumped in with both feet. And now I'm on a totally different path yeah and it's just amazing i'm like wow wow god I, this is i would never have thought this but i'm so excited about it oh we are too we are too one of the reasons i started this podcast is because i really i really felt like we as a church were losing what community meant and how to how to work together and how to pray together and how to encourage each other and the story you just told of your of your mentor coming to you and saying this is something that maybe we're hearing on your behalf it's mm. the importance of God's community pouring into us talk talk a little bit more if you would about a why did you have a mentor in the first place i mean you've got your career down yeah you know whatever but what what was it that made that mentor relationship 
and that community relationship say, there's something in here that God may be pointing you in a direction you hadn't even been thinking of. Right, right. Oh, I mean, yeah, community is super important. And as far as like with a mentor coming to me, I, I mean, it's just hard for me to, to put in words. I mean, just the fact that, you know, this this guy doesn't know anything about music. He's successful in his business world. And all I can think, you know, is just God leading him to do that. And I mean, I hope now it's kind of trickled down to me through our church. We have a mentorship program and there's a little guy that I'm mentoring right now. His name is Anthony. Yeah. And a lot of the kids where we live, we're in Crystal Beach. It's a peninsula. And okay. there's a lot of, a lot of broken homes and these kids just don't have you know, parents are in jail and they're living with an aunt or a grandmother. Yeah. And so it's kind of rough. And so this little guy's just, he's a good guy. And, and they said, you know, who would like to do this mentorship program? So I jumped on, I went ahead and signed up and, um, and I thought, man, God, I'm really not, I don't know what to do. Uh, I've never done this. Yeah. I thought, you know, I was like, I, I said, Hey, Anthony, you want to do some drum lessons? And so he's like, all right. And this little guy, he has a gift. And I, I was so excited because I was able to speak into him. Yeah. And I was, I said, Anthony, I'm, I'm serious. I've been playing for over 30 years. You have a gift. This stuff is it's coming naturally to you. I said, this could be what God has planned for you. And you can kind of see his eyes like, man, he's got like purpose. Mm. And he's like so into it now. And so... Yeah, community is something else. And me and my wife just got to go this weekend. We um, performed at a, a gala for, it's called Hilo Ministries. Okay. It was for adopted and foster children. Then Saturday we were at, uh, it was called Sabbatical for Women Who Have Lost Children. Mm. So, and this is all through our church and community. So it's, what I'm hearing you say is, uh, like with Anthony, I don't know what to do with Anthony. I'm I'm agreeing, but you used the tools in your toolkit, so to speak, in this case, yeah. drums and sticks, or your experience with adopting your daughter, and that opened a chance for community in another way. Um, yes. Because I think a lot of times we think, you know, well, I don't have anything in common with these people. I don't have anything that I can do. And everything's at your disposal that God's already handed you to be part of that community. Yeah, that's good. Well, I sure appreciate your time today. We already talked a little bit about the prayer piece, but like I said, every Saturday we send out a newsletter to about 500 people that are, are agreeing to pray. Wow. How can we be praying for you and the project and your family and whatever whatever's on your plate? What? How can we be praying for you, Michael? That. That's so amazing. I mean, God bless you and your ministry. Um, I would love prayer just uh, to keep my eyes on God with this project because, you know, with the, the sh how it can get kind of stressful and just to um, keep that enthusiasm, that excitement and not let the enemy take it away. And, you know, yeah. Cool. And just to stay close to him and, and let this really be a ministry. Thank you.
We talked about a lot of fun things today with Michael, but as you might imagine, I'm especially drawn to the exchange we had around prayer. I mentioned this in the podcast, but I'm not always sure why God wants us to pray for people in situations. I mean, he already knows what's going to happen. He already has the plan in place to answer our requests. What is it about our physically asking for prayer that is so important? And how do I pray for requests where I don't have all the details? I was talking with a friend at church just yesterday who said he thinks that prayer is more about the daily conversation with God. And it doesn't necessarily mean we have to use a specific form or close our eyes or whatever. Greg suggested that when someone crosses his mind, he uses that as a reminder to mention the friend to God. Something like, hey God, so-and-so crossed my mind today. Would you, would you be willing to be making your presence known to them in a special way right now? Michael talked about that too, simply asking the Holy Spirit to intercede on our friend's behalf. Then, in my devotions yesterday, I ran across these verses in Psalm 116, and I'm going to quote this here. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. But then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. God hears and answers our prayers, and I'm so glad we serve a God who wants us to talk with him and share what's going on in our life, both the good things and the bad things. And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit wants to work with us to express our prayers when we can't come up with the right words, like it states in Romans 8.27, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. With that being said, I would like to invite you to join our prayer team, and you can do that by signing up on our webpage, christianmusicarchive.com. At the bottom of every page, you'll find a simple sign-up form to start receiving our weekly prayer email. And then every Saturday in your inbox, I'll drop an email with some folks that you could be praying for that week. Before I close today, I want to thank Michael Feagan for our chat today and for the use of his songs, Joy of Life, and Before Time Began. Both of these songs are used with Michael's permission, and you can find them on his new album, Someone Prayed, which you can find pretty much anywhere you get your music. As always, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes and rating it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCMExchange. Or you can always drop me an email on the website christianmusicarchive.com. I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another great conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this, 
God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you.